You're listening to the e-commerce impact podcast, where we share the latest marketing strategies to grow your e-com store and have more impact. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, we have a special episode, which is a training I recently did live over on LinkedIn and in my Facebook group where we're tackling the challenge of how to get your ads to convert. If you've been having problems in your ad account or you're just looking for new ideas for how to shake up your performance with your meta advertising, then this training is for you. So let's dive in. We have got a super exciting jam-packed training for you today. So let's dive in. First and foremost, what you might be experiencing at the moment. So are you experiencing potentially ads that perform for a little bit and then they stop performing, they tank? Ads that used to perform well before iOS 14 and now they don't, or when I say ads, your ad account performed well, or maybe your performance is really inconsistent and you can't seem to catch a break, you can't seem to get it working consistently, delivering your consistent performance. If any of these sound familiar, then this training is definitely for you. So let's dive in. That dark secret about your ad performance that many agencies won't be telling you. I think a lot of agencies try to persuade potential clients that the real reason their ads aren't performing is because of some secret dark art of media buying, hacky systems of like hacking the algorithm, all of that. But the the real secret is it's actually creative that is usually the problem in an ad account. Nine times out of 10, when I audit an ad account, the main problem is the creative isn't good. And I don't, don't mean it's not pretty. I don't mean it's not designed in a good way. What I mean is it's missing some fundamental principles of advertising that drives consumer behavior that uses human psychology to get a consumer to want your product and to act on that need. So let me just run through a quick list of what I would be looking through for in an ad account. And then I'm going to take you through my process of how we create ads that convert. So social proof and reviews, both video and written testimonials and press quotes, these are essential to get your ad account working. Indisputable proof that your product works. So UGC videos, user-generated content, explainer videos, before and afters, anything that makes it utterly convincing that your product gets the job done. Clear explanation of the benefit your product that you're of your product, right? So don't just talk about features, talk about the benefit. How is it going to change someone's life? Agitation of pain point your product solves and a clear articulation of the transformation. That is so key and I see it missing so much. Ad elicits an emotion, be it through music, storytelling, messaging. So often I see ads that are unemotional and don't tap into human emotion. Storytelling, I see ads without any true storytelling. Things like I was struggling with X, then I found Y, it changed my life. Those kind of storytelling mechanisms work so, so well and I see they're often missing. First person creative as told by your customer. So for example, the journey of how they found your product, a day in the life of your product, first person TikTok style creative. Offer positioning. Have you positioned it at your offer as unique and compelling? Is it urgent and scarce? So often we see that it's not and people haven't thought about this when running their ads. Thumb stopping, pattern interrupting or surprising imagery or video. So we often see ads that just look like all the rest and we don't see them being making an effort to stand out in the feed. So that's another thing that's really, really important. And then satisfying or dopamine inducing. This one's actually more important than people think. If the ad has a kind of satisfying music that matches the beat of the of the editing 
or there's something about it that like you want to watch over and over or you need to catch it again you want to play it again it's it's satisfying and induces dopamine then then that ad is going to perform better because the algorithms want ads that people enjoy and that people repeat watching so that's something to think about and something we often see missing so what is the process then of getting all of these elements into your ads that's what I'm going to take you through now exactly how to fix this and just to confirm to you or remind you that I'm not just talking about theory here these are this process is something that has been tried and tested over and over again in my agency we have case study after case study of using this process to turn ad accounts around even in this tough economy we are getting across the board awesome results for our clients hitting KPIs so clients like Candy Kittens like Bird and Blend and like Grubby are all hitting their KPIs and we're delivering these results through taking a really strategic approach to creative. So step one in the process, identify the top performing creative over the last six months and 30 days as well and, and look for the and look at the worst performing ones as well. So dive into your data, look at what's worked, look for the patterns, evaluate the conversion rates over the last six months identify which, which videos had the highest hook rate. So that's like people watching the first three seconds. Hold rates, how much people watched through and click-through rates. Identify some patterns in that. What types of ads are people like really kind of hooked into and which ones aren't they being hooked by? Analyze the performance of prospecting versus retargeting ads. Break down ad spend by age, gender and placement to see you know who's actually looking at your ads. Examine the messaging themes and the copy and the creative assets and, and look for those patterns and see if you can form some hypotheses about what's worked in the past and what might work in the future. Also a good idea to check which audiences are doing well. You can see this in GA, but you can also see this in Meta in terms of the interests that are performing well. This can give you an idea of who your customer persona is, and that's really important at this stage too. Alrighty, so that's the first step is is actually looking at the past performance, right? Step two, category and competitors. So this is so, so key. This is where we're going to really dig into who the customer is, who we're talking to, and why your product is important to them. So look at your organic social media content, identify what messaging resonates, what's getting the most interactions, what's getting people to take action, which posts are kind of driving what most organic sales. Pay attention to what people are frequently asking you. What are their questions that are coming to you? Look on Google for your brand name and your reviews, but also go and look at competitor reviews. That's a really interesting hack. So say we've, I was working with someone who has who makes engagement rings, but she's quite new to the market. She didn't have a lot of data. What we did was went and looked at other companies that sell engagement rings, of which there are thousands of companies, and looked at what are the reviews saying about those companies? What are people saying that's bad? And what are people saying that's good about their experience with buying a product in that category? Collect any messages you've got from press or reviews to potentially use in your ads. So kind of pull out those reviews you might be wanting to use as to form the basis of your ads. Look at the, again, now we're starting to look for the patterns across your category and across your own, your own reviews. So if you've got a lot of reviews, what is it that people love about you specifically? And what is it they hate about the, about the competitor? If you can, you want to conduct three to five customer interviews over the phone and really dig into like what it is they love about you. Why did they come to you? Why did they buy from you? And also find out more about them as people. And this can help you form these kind of persona groups that, that give you ideas of different types of customer to target. 
If you can't do that, then maybe you can send a survey to your customers. If you don't have a lot of customers already, you want to ask questions maybe in Facebook groups or if you have if you have your own social media platform where you can ask people questions about their buying habits in your category. You can also run post-purchase survey data. I encourage you to do that anyway. Every, every buyer should be sent some kind of questionnaire to find out where they found out about you, but also you know, why they bought from you in the first place. Another hot tip is to go to your category on TikTok and see what, what has the most reach in terms of the types of content. So we were doing some research for a travel brand. We went and looked at travel videos on TikTok and we could see a real theme there in terms of the types of content that people are sharing and how people are talking about travel right now. What's the kind of zeitgeist around that? So all of this research, you're starting to form some theories and see some patterns and you're starting to understand what sets you apart from competitors and makes your product the preferred choice. What problems do consumers face before discovering your product? What are the significant stresses in their lives? What other brands do they love? Why do they love them? What do your customers prioritize and enjoy in their free time? Did they choose your product over? Why did they choose your product over others? Why don't customers like your competitor? What annoys them? What's the dominant emotion being driven by your product or your product category? So all of this is like deep research. And I cannot stress enough how important this stage is. If you were repainting a house, this is where you're preparing all the surfaces, you're choosing the right colors that you're going to paint, you're buying all of the equipment you need to paint your house with. And then ultimately, when you create your ads, that's the final coat of paint. But if you don't do the prep work, the, the paint won't look any good. You'll have the wrong colors. The surfaces will look horrible. So it's really important to understand that this phase of preparing your research around your ads is probably more important than the actual ad creation itself for them to perform. If you do this research well and your ad is ugly, nine times out of 10, it will perform better than a beautiful ad, which has is not based on any kind of theory or any kind of any kind of research. Step three, now this is when you might now go and look at your competitors' ads. I don't, I make this deliberately step three, not step one, because it's important that you understand your brand and your customer before you go and look at what competitors are doing. Just because competitors are doing it doesn't mean it necessarily is working for them. If you can see the ad has a lot of comments and it's been running for a long time, then that will tell you that that ad probably is working. But still, we don't know. We don't know what their KPIs are. We don't know what their metrics for success are. So never assume by definition that an ad is running, that it is successful. But it can be a great way to spark ideas. So you can do ad research by looking at the Facebook ad library. So this is a great resource to go and dive into like what ads are performing well on TikTok. And as I said, you're not copying, but it will spark your creativity and it will spark you some ideas for how you might approach your ads. So that is step three. These are the kind of things that you might come across when you're doing your ad research. So you're pulling in quotes from the press, but maybe putting it in a more creative way so that you're able to showcase your product as well as the, the content from the media about your brand. And another one is just another example of a pattern interrupt, a clever way. And people were doing this a little bit lately. It might have kind of run out of steam, but doing this like it looks like a note from your phone. It doesn't look like an ad, so it kind of stands out more. So that's the kind of thing you might come up with in your ad research that might spark some creativity for you. Okay, so you've done your ad research and now you're on to step four, category and competitors. So summarize your findings with a list of pain points, benefits and angles. So you've done this research, you've understood your customer, you've looked at other competitors out there and now you want to look at like, 
you're kind of compiling this information into a summary. And what I suggest is a good way to break it down is having having maybe a Google Doc with like four columns. So one is the person, who's the person you're targeting, who's the persona. The next column shows the problem or the pleasure. So people buy usually to move away from pain or to move towards pleasure. So oftentimes, for instance, maybe jewelry is probably more moved towards pleasure. Food is probably more moved towards pleasure. But then products that solve a real problem, it's moving away from the pain of that problem towards the solution. So list out what is the problem or the pleasure that you're moving away or towards. And then in the next column, what is the product solution and what is the proof that the solution works? So not just like we solve your problem, but how can we prove that we've solved other people's problem, that other people think we solved this problem well? And then finally, in the final column, like what's your con- what's your hook? How are you going to grab people's attention in the feed? And like what's the concept you're going to use? So I'll break this down in just a sec. Yeah, so once you've come up with that breakdown of like the kind of angles you're going to use, you then need to think, okay, what is the concept I'm going to use to illustrate this angle? And the good news is there's actually a whole lot of concepts out there already that you can rely on if you're stuck stuck for an idea. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you come up with an ad. You can apply one of these concepts to the angle that you've identified. So say if the angle was buy once, wear forever, if you're a slow fashion brand, you can then think for that angle that you've come up with for a particular persona, it might be the busy mum who, you know, she likes the idea of buying some beautiful clothes that she can wear forever. Okay, so what's the concept we can use to illustrate that that angle to, to her via an ad? So you might use the problem solution concept, you might use a feature point out image, you might do a UGC compilation or mashup, you might do a press screenshot, you might do an unboxing, you might use a post-it note to kind of point out something about your product, stuck to the product, that's, that's a great method that's been working well for lots of people lately. You might do a before and after, you might do an us versus them, you might do a three reasons why, a TikTok response or a TikTok made me buy it, you might do a founder's ad, Or you might do an ad that starts with, oh, I thought I was doomed to have this problem and then I found this solution. So there's lots of concepts that you can use to illustrate, to to put your ad into to make it really quickly work really well. So the next, I wanted to make the point that once you've created, once you've kind of got close to creating your ad, you want to think about like, how am I applying consumer psychology to my ad to make it work even better? So there's a bunch of concepts here. I won't go into heaps of detail, but I'll just briefly touch on them. So price anchoring, it's the idea that you don't just show one price, but you show different pricing options. And by anchoring, people will often choose, you know, like the middle option versus the cheapest option. And it can make people spend more money, basically. Bandwagon effect is users tend to adopt beliefs in proportion to what others have done. So case studies, testimonials and referrals. It's also why UGC works. So there's all these other people doing it. I'm going to do it too. Uh, cognitive load so opt for simplicity if it's too difficult or you create too much effort or hassle to someone to complete your call to action they won't do it feed forward when users know what to expect before a task or action so predict the time energy or resources required to make something work how long does it take for your product to take effect how long will it take to get to you how long will it take to order it you know if there's a survey or something you need them to complete beforehand how long will that take making that really quantifiable can make people take action 
IKEA effect. When user user partially partially creates something, they value it more. So when you get to choose the colors or customize it in some way, people value it more. Herd effect, people act as others in their tribe. So again, similar to the bandwagon effect, but it's the idea that if people feel like by, by buying your product, they'll be part of a tribe that they want to be affiliated and want to be part of, then they're more likely to take that action. And then labor illusion, people are more likely to face something perceived high value when they can see the amount of work put into it. So if you can show your process or how you made your product, then that can make people value it more. Loss aversion, so if you can create some kind of time sensitivity around your offer or around your pricing or even availability of your product, then people might will be more likely to buy. Similar to scarcity, so use fear of missing out to increase conversions, limited time, amount, or exclusivity. Bearable reward. Now, this is an interesting one. People enjoy an unexpected reward, like a mystery gift. Von Restorff effect, people notice items that stand out more. So if you want to make a particular product stand out, you might put it on a brightly colored background, that kind of thing. But also if you help curate what they should choose. So, you know, house pick or staff pick or most popular, that kind of thing can help people make a selection and therefore make them more likely to actually make a decision. And the zygonic effect, people put an emphasis to remember incomplete tasks. So abandon cart, what you missed finish setting up XYZ. People want to complete the loop. They want that satisfaction, that dopamine hit of finishing something. So if you can make it feel incomplete, they're more likely to take an action. And then, so once you've done all this work, you've got, you've figured out who the customer is, you've understood their emotions, you've come up with the angles that are going to work for them, you've identified a hook and you've put it into a framework of an ad then the next thing is to storyboard it out. What assets are you going to need? Are you going to need to shoot something? Are you? Is it going to be just done with the assets that you've already got? Map out these ideas and then rank them according to what ones are most likely to work or easiest to produce or the best bang for your buck in terms of time versus effort. And then get cracking and start making them. And that's the fun part, right? And then you, you want to script it out for the ones where you have a voiceover or you have someone talking to the camera. You want to script it out. I've got an example script. This kind of follows a, a very kind of recognizable pattern. So I thought I was doomed to have frizzy, unhealthy hair. I've watched all the YouTube videos, tried the supplements and expensive products. Then I saw Blah on an Instagram ad. And they were different because of a couple of really special ingredients that, put, that the bigger brands don't want to spend money on. And it smells absolutely amazing. All you have to do is rub it on your head before bed. And honestly, after about two weeks, my hair was completely changed. I used to feel so mer because my hair looked so dowdy. Now I feel like I look healthy and put together. If you honestly have tried everything and don't think good hair was possible, give this a try. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on to this ad. Hopefully you can recognize what I've done with the script here. It's pain point solution. So it started with the pain point and I've gone towards the solution. There's a little bit of bandwagon effect in there. There is, if I were to list it all out, it'll probably take me a while, but there is a lot of thought has gone into there, into this ad and thinking about the, those consumer psychology points. So script it all out, get it ready to go. And then the next phase is actually putting it into the ad account and testing it and then analyzing what's happened. So the key point here is you want to analyze on a regular basis with your team, what ads are working, what patterns um, can we see in the ads and what has, what has been effective, what have been the winners and losers, and then what can we iterate on, right? So we might have put some effort into a good ad, but it hasn't performed well, and actually it's because the hook rate is not that great. So what can we improve 
in order to make that ad perform better next time. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you've got a decent ad, then there's a high chance that, you know, that with a few tweaks, you could get it to perform better. Or sometimes we have an ad that's been performing for a while, but then it starts to lose steam and it can just be a few little tweaks or maybe changing the voiceover or changing the UGC for a different actor, but using the same voiceover as another ad. All of these kind of mixing and matching can work really well to get better performance out of your ads. We in the agency have this report we use, Supermetrics, and we pull the data in, into a little color-coded sheet that allows us to analyze, you know, the best performing ads and the reasons why, you know, was it the hook rate? Could there be some improvement on the hook rate? So analyze and feed that back to your, uh, into your process. How does your, your performance overall compare? So if you are fairly new to this game, you might be wondering, well, is my performance good or not? So I just thought I'd pull this in here. So based on your spend, this is the kind of ROAS you should be seeing. And if you notice something, the more you spend, your ROAS will go down. So these are kind of based on industry averages. But if you are spending around somewhere between 10 and 30K, you should be seeing around 2 to 2.5 ROAS. That would be considered good. And that's typically what we see across the industry. So if your ads are performing beyond, below that, then there's something you need to probably address in the creative. It may well be your setup as well. I audited an ad account yesterday and I could, could not believe it. The, the agency had spent six month, over six months and spent $35,000 on traffic ads and that had four purchases in that time. So honestly, it can sometimes be the setup. You should optimize for purchase. You should follow the best practice in terms of like setting up your account. But most of the time, the thing that will move the needle is the creative. 